Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Watch it like kangaroos. Tell these clowns we ain't amused. Man, eclipse for that monkey business. Four, five, got change for you. Motorcades when we came through. Presidential with the planes too. When better get you with the residential. Undefeated with the cane too. I said no to the Super Bowl. You need me, I don't need you. Every night we in the end zone. Tell the NFL we in stadiums too. Last night was a fucking zoo. Stay diving in a pool of people. Ran through Liverpool like a fucking beetle. Smoke a real glue like it's fucking legal. Tell the Grammys fuck that over A shit. Have you ever seen a crowd going ape shit? <laughs> Oh, 
make it top shift. Call my girls and put them all on a spaceship. Hang one night when you say I'll make you famous. Have you ever seen a crowd going eight? Get my money fast and go.
Oh, and hello, everybody. Also, I'm on Blog Talk Radio Live, and I'm also on YouTube Live. So, hello to my audience on both platforms. What's up, what's up, what's up? Um, oh, let me give you the, look, I don't even remember how to do my damn show. <laughs> let me give you the phone number for Blog Talk Radio in case you guys want to call in and opinion. That is always nice. Phone number is area code 347-996-5369. Press 1 on your keypad if you want to talk to me. And my chat room is open. Um, I do have on my air conditioner, so if you guys hear it, let me know, because ah, it's a little, little stuffy, little stuffy. So I have the air conditioner on low, but uh, just let me know. Yeah, so anyway, what else? Oh, and I am also on YouTube as well. Um, I've done other shows. I think I'm close to 300 shows. So check those out. My um, old shows can be found on iTunes, Podcast Republic, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio app. Go ahead and download that app, TuneIn Radio. And my show is there as well. And I do have a blog um, that has holes, I mean, tons of news feeds. Uh, check it out. Everything from Forbes magazine to, oh, my God, to movie stuff. Just go ahead and check it out. <laughs> my blog is the Lisa Effect at blogspot.com. Effect is A-F-F-E-C-T. So, yeah, I hope you guys are doing good. Oh, you know what? I think I forgot to promote my show on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as well, you guys. Um, so check me out there as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's about it. I think we've covered everything, right? So glad you guys could join me this evening. I appreciate it very, very much. Um, so, yeah, you guys, we got we got some stuff to cover. You know, a lot of stuff has been going on since the last time I was here. So, yeah, we got, you know, we got some stuff to talk. So we're going to go ahead and, um, oh, God, look at me. Wait, sorry, you guys, for that feedback. Yeah, so we got some stuff to cover, you guys. So what have I been doing? Man, just busy. Um, uh, Like I said before, you know, hanging out with my friends, going to the movies, dinner, you know, stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think uh, any the latest movie uh, that I watched. Uh, let's see. That would be The Nun. Did you guys see that movie? Uh, I don't know if I – I don't think I talked about it on the last episode. I was very disappointed with that movie, you guys. Okay, because look. The Nun, it started off creepy as hell, okay? It was like, I mean, anytime you mix religion with the devil, with the mountains of Romania, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it gets creepy. And it was creepy at first. Uh, basically, uh, it was this uh, priest. Uh, it was this older priest. Uh, what had happened was his son had committed suicide, and at this um, abbey up in the hills uh, of the mountains of Romania, she committed suicide. 
So it was this priest's job to investigate why she committed suicide. So he went to Romania, and he brought a young woman with him who was studying to be a nun. She wasn't a nun yet, but she was studying to be a nun. So they went up to Romania, you know, to find out what's going on. And, of course, you know, it was creepy. But then guess what, you guys? Then a character came into the picture, and this character was kind of like comic relief. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, okay, the movie's creepy. I'm getting a little scared. Then the next thing you know, this character comes, and it's kind of like comedy-like. You know what I mean? I mean, this, um, hey, what's up, John Hill? Yeah, it was kind of like this character would say, like, kind of like funny stuff in the middle of a, a creepy scene. You know what I mean? It messed up the whole movie for me. So, yeah, so the nun started out creepy and scary, and then this character was introduced, and in my opinion, it went downhill, you know, after that. So, anyway, so that was the last movie I've seen. Um, I was going to watch Venom tonight with one of my friends, but now I'm a little tired, you know. And not only that, I didn't do a show yesterday. Yesterday was the American show. I have been doing this show on Blog Talk Radio, I think, for five freaking years, you guys. Can you believe it? You guys have missed five years worth of me running my mother freaking mouth. <laughs> so, yeah, so yesterday was the anniversary of my show. But, man, I was out and about yesterday, so unfortunately I couldn't do it. So that's why I'm on here tonight. But I'm usually here. Um, every Thursday evening, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com. And also, as time will pass, on YouTube as well. So, But like I said, you know, this, this month is going to be busy. So I already know that. Um, I have a wedding to go to on October 20th. So i got to look for a dress tomorrow to wear to the wedding. And then, you know, at work, you know, how you decorate. I, well, I don't know if you guys on your job do. You know, you decorate for Halloween. Our theme is teen 80s, you know, which kind of makes me feel old, but that's okay. So, you know, I need to get some decorations to decorate my desk like the 1980s, you know, and all that stuff. And then something else is going on. Okay, then a happy hour is in between there. And I've been going to those, I don't know if they have a restaurant in your area called BJ's Restaurant. Uh, anyway, a couple of times a year, they do a beer and dinner event where uh, you taste about eight or nine different beers, and they serve you dinner as well. So one of those is coming up with me and my one of my friends. So it's, I don't know, it's just a lot of stuff going on in October. So I'm apologizing in advance if I'm not going to be doing a show every Thursday in the month of October. So just letting you know now, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. But anyway, you guys, we got all that out the way, so let's get to it, you guys. Oh, my God, so much stuff has been going on since the last time I talked to you guys. Oh, and also, too, I think the last time I spoke to you guys, I told you um, I was taking my notary test and everything like that. Well, to let you guys know, I did pass my notary test with a score of 89%. So I am happy about that. So there you go. All right, y'all. Here's what we're going to do as far as the show. I like to start out, oh, first of all, by the way, on my show, I do cuss on my show, and I do say the N-word. Not a lot, but, I mean, some people may get offended. So I'm letting you know now, if you're offended by some cussing and use of the N-word, I'm letting you know 
now's the time to bail out. I'm just giving you a heads up. And my show is not politically correct. Um, I don't go out of my way to try to offend people or anything like that. So these are just my opinions. You know, whatever. So I'm just letting you all know in advance. So let's get to it. Uh, I'm going to start off with some news stories, just a couple of them, and then we'll get into tonight's topic. Um, And these news stories are not in order of importance. Uh, Like I always say, I just search the Internet here and there, and I'll find a story, and I'm like, ah, let me jot that down. All righty. The first story we got is Homeboy, the actor, Pooch Hall. Uh, He was arrested for DUI and child endangerment after letting his two-year-old take the wheel of his car. Now, this happened in Burbank, California, and I believe he had to appear in court today. And you guys, I don't know if you guys know Pooch Hall, but his acting credits include uh, the show Ray Donovan, Pooch, and me personally, uh, to me, he's most popular for being on the show The Game. You guys know that show. So, yeah, the homeboy is sitting up here driving drunk with his kid in the car. Mm-hmm. Wow. And there are some New York City officials. It looks like they're gearing up to see if Trump's family underpaid transfer taxes, like back in the 80s or 90s, you know. And, well, I don't know how that's going to work out because uh, Trump's father is dead and the statute of limitations is up on some of this stuff. So, in my opinion, I don't understand the point of this. Hey, whatever. I mean, is now the time to do this? I don't know, but, hey, it is what it is. Oh, the soccer player. You guys, um, I don't even know a lot about soccer, but I even know this guy. What's his name? Christian or Cristiano Ronaldo. You guys know him. He's a famous soccer star. Well, guess what, you guys? He was accused of rape. Uh, back in 2009, um, and the incident happened in Vegas, okay? So the lady agreed to a payoff, you know, and everything like that. I guess, I think she got like $375,000. Okay, fine. It's a done deal. Well, here it is, 2018, and she's like, ah, I kind of want to breach that contract, and I want to bring it up again. And I think that's rather interesting because now Ronaldo is – I think his net worth is close to a billion dollars, you guys. Yeah, for playing soccer and endorsements and stuff. So, I mean, her timing with the Me Too movement is interesting. His net worth being more than it was in 2009 is interesting. And people are like, well, why are you bringing this up again? I mean, it's a done deal. You know, he paid you off. It's over, you know. And she's like, well, the lawyer I had back then didn't have a lot of legal experience. You understand what I'm saying. It's like, well, you were a grown woman back then. You weren't a little girl. You knew. Come on. Unless you're stupid. You didn't vet your lawyer. I mean, come on. Usually, I don't know, if I was getting a lawyer, one of the first things I would do was like, God, how many years has this man or woman, how many years have they been practicing law? I mean, damn. I mean, come on, right? You know, but she's acting like, oh, I didn't know. So whatever. So we'll see. But we'll see how this case goes because that's rather interesting because are we going to start reopening? I don't know. Are we going to start breaching contracts now? I have no idea. But it's just interesting. It was kind of like a done deal. 
I mean, can it be reopened after it's all said and done? I don't know, but I guess we will find out. But it's like, ooh, some interesting stuff there. You may not know this lady, Peggy Sue Guerin. Well, she inspires the 1950s Buddy Holly hit Peggy Sue. Well, she recently passed away. She was 78. I'm going to have to be honest with you guys. I know the song. I don't like it. I'm so sorry. Oh, how's that song go? Well, hello, Peggy Sue. Hello, Peggy Sue. Goodbye. I don't eh. I mean, sorry. You know, but man. But she uh, inspired that hit for Buddy Holly. And, yeah, she has passed on. Uh, she's 78. And for those of you who don't know Buddy Holly, oh, my God, he's been dead for over 60 years now, I want to say. I fully did Buddy Holly because Buddy Holly died in a car, I mean a car crash, a plane crash, I want to say before 1960, if I'm not mistaken. I think right after the Peggy Sue song uh, came out, so I think. so. Anyway, in California, the governor of California, uh, he has said uh, the state of California will no longer charge kids as adults. Uh, which I was like, oh, okay. But then guess what? Then I read a news story out in Florida. Two 13-year-olds with guns try to carjack a teacher at gunpoint. Oh, my God. That's scary, right? Damn. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a catch-22, right? In California, now kids can't be tried in a, as adults. But, ooh, right in Florida, Two young kids with guns. Whew, man, try to sit up here and carjack a teacher at gunpoint. Wow. Right, here we go. Former Vice President Joe Biden. You know how it's been flip-flopping. Is he going to run for president? This, that, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't know if you guys know it or not. I totally forgot. Uh, he was chairman over the Clarence Thomas Anita Hill hearing. And Anita Hill still holds him responsible for the way she was treated uh, during the hearings at that particular time in reference to sexual harassment. Um, and remember, too, Joe Biden said when it comes to FBI investigations, eh, they don't matter that much. <laughs> and that quote has been used recently in reference to Kavanaugh. The Republicans are like, well, remember what Joe Biden said in 1991? Well, FBI investigations really don't matter much. So, yeah, so anyway, Joe Biden is like, oh, yeah, you know, I feel so bad how Anita Hill was treated and blah, 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 blah. But people are wondering if he does try to run for president in 2020, will this hurt him? And, yeah, in case you're interested, Gwyneth Paltrow has remarried. Uh, She married Brad Falchuk, if that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he is a co-creator of American Horror Story, and that is a show I love. So, yep, yep, yep. Shug Knight! Shug! was sentenced to 28 years in prison, y'all. Shug Knight is gone. Not gone. Gone, you guys. Wow. 28 years in prison for fatally running over a man in 2015. Because remember, you guys, I don't know if he had gotten mad at somebody or whatever. It seemed like he tried to run over one person. He ran over somebody else. That man died. It was like, what? 
you know, so, yeah, sure, 28 years in uh, more crime news, Birdman, you guys know the uh, rich producer Birdman. He is under investigation for allegedly plotting to shoot up Little Wayne's tour bus back in 2015. I don't know if you guys remember that or not. Remember that? Because I remember, and people were like, I think Birdman did it or something. Well, he, and I was like, oh, come on, you know, that I don't believe that. Well, he's under investigation now for it. And the alleged shooter was the road manager for rapper Young Thug. It's like, what? And, you know, if you guys don't know Little Wayne and Birdman, um, they've had a dispute over money. And uh, Little Wayne just released a new album last week. So there you go. Uh, Jefferson Airplane, I don't know if you guys remember that group, started back in the 1960s. Well, the co-founder recently passed away, and that was Marty Ballin. He was 76 years old. He actually left the group in 1968, joined the group again. <laughs> well, first, the reason why he left the group back in 19 going on, and he's like, and eh, then that created arguments among the members of the group. So he was like, eh, I'm out of here. But he joined them again in 1974. But then he left in 1978 because allegedly Grace Split, you know, the lead singer of the group, I believe she had some kind of drug issues. So it was kind of like her performance was here and there and everywhere. So Marty was like, I'm out again. <laughs> but then in 1989, he joined a reunion tour, and then he left for good in 2008. Now, I do know he had open-heart surgery in 2016 and had medical issues after that surgery, so that may have uh, contributed to his death. So there you go. Actor Al Matthews, best known for the movie Aliens, passed away. He was 75. If you guys don't remember him, I'm just going to say he was a brother in the movie. You know, he chomped on that cigar, you know, and talked tough, you know, in the movie Aliens. You know, if you're not familiar, you know, with you know, his name, then you'll probably remember him in that movie. Uh, dancer Arthur Mitchell passed away. He was 84. Uh, he was a black man that was a ballet dancer, and uh, he broke barriers uh, back in the day. Uh, so, you know, you might want to read up on him because he is a part of American history. Dickie Best, founding member of the Almond Brothers, just had brain surgery, and it looked like it went well. Now, guess what, you guys? The ironic thing about it was I had never heard about this man until maybe about two or three weeks ago. I was sitting up here flipping channels, and there was a documentary on the Almond Brothers. I'm not that familiar with the Almond Brothers. I really am not a country rock type chick, you know, like Leonard. But I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen a documentary on the Almond Brothers. Documentary was great, you know. It was great. Well, anyway, Dickie Best was founding member of the Almond Brothers. So, yeah, I was like, what? I just seen a documentary about him and the other members. And I'm like, oh, boy, and sit up here and having brain surgery. But it looks like that went well. Yeah, and I also, like I said, seen a documentary on Leonard Skinner. I'm, I can't say I'm a big fan of their music. But excellent, you know, excellent documentary, you know. You know what? It kind of reminds me of the blues. I have to say I'm not a huge fan of blues music but I love the history of the blues. Man, I could sit up here and look at documentary after documentary in reference to the blues. And I know quite a bit in reference to the musicians about the blues. 
uh, anything, everybody from Sun House to Howling Wolf. I mean, come on, you name it. I'm pretty familiar. But do I ever listen to the blues? Uh, No. Isn't that ironic? Yeah, but anyway, that's kind of how I feel about these country rock groups to the music. But looking at documentaries about it is rather interesting. So there you go. Damn, unless somebody else then passed on. Claymation animator Will Denton passed away. He was 70 years old. Now, his company oversaw Claymation. I don't know if you remember back in the 80s, they had this California Raisin commercial. It was out here in California. It was super, super popular uh, because you had California Raisins in Claymation form singing, I heard it through the grapevine. It may sound corny now, but in the 80s, it was a big hit, okay? And he did claymation for the TV show The PJs. Y'all remember that claymation show The PJs with Eddie Murphy? It came on Fox. Oh, man, I love that show. That show wasn't uh, on that long. And like I said, it was in claymation form. It was Eddie Murphy's character. He played the superintendent. I think, didn't they live in the project? I think he was the superintendent of this. Uh, project building, and his wife uh, was voiced by Loretta Devine. Man, I love that show. So anyway, yeah, the clay animator Will Benton has passed on, you guys. So yeah. So that is all the news stories I have right now. So we're going to sit up here, and we're going to go into the topics tonight. Topics tonight, Kavanaugh, guilty until proven innocent. Then we're going to talk about fake anger in reference to social issues. It seems like with different social issues come up, people kind of get a little angry about it, and then the next thing you know, the anger goes away real quick. Then we're also going to talk about Beyonce and her concert review. I recently went to a Beyonce concert two weeks ago, and I'm going to tell you my take on the whole thing. So there you go. And I see I have an unknown caller on the line, 111. I'm going to go ahead and open you up. Sorry, you guys, on YouTube, you're not going to be able to hear the caller. I am so sorry. But I'll try to, how can I say it, Uh, try to, I don't know, anyway, I'll try to make sure that you guys don't miss too much or anything like that. So anyway, let me go ahead and open up the line to see if the unknown caller wants to speak. What's up, yeah. caller? Hello. Hey, how you doing? Okay. I'm seeing yeah. in the description page that um, you're going to talk about Kavanaugh and you're going to talk about fake anger. Now, I'd like to yeah. talk about that, but your um, agenda also includes Beyonce, so um, uh-huh. I don't want to I don't want to take up too much time taking away what your agenda is about Beyonce, because I can talk for about a good half hour, 45 minutes about both Kavanaugh and the fake anger. Oh, yes, yeah. Because my thing is this, my take on Kavanaugh, Mm -hmm. uh, okay, let's set aside he's a Republican and Trump and all of that. The way I look at the situation, I try to remain neutral about the whole situation about, you know, the rape allegation and everything like that. And I think a lot of people, they kind of look at it emotionally instead of looking at it as the fact. And the fact of the matter is, whether you like it or not, 
there wasn't enough evidence to do anything to Kavanaugh. That's bottom line, whether he's a Republican or Democrat. And do we, and to me, it seemed like he was proven guilty first. Then he tried to clear his name after the fact. And I noticed on the media, they would interview different people. I know uh, this week they interviewed one guy and said, yeah, I was at a bar and Kavanaugh was there back in 1985 and there was a fight at the bar. And my thing is this, who is this man, number one, and was he vetted? I mean, hell, I could sit up here and call CNN, Fox, MSNBC, and say anything about Kavanaugh. So that's my only concern is that going forward, when accusations like this come up, is Mm -hmm. a person going to be guilty first, and then that person is going to have a hard time trying to convince everybody of their innocence. And unfortunately, this lady, um, I think she was used uh, by the media, and unfortunately, I think they're going to discard her because she is no longer needed anymore, and that's very unfortunate. You say disbar her? Oh, no, uh, discard her. She's no longer needed. Right, disregard her. Yeah. Yeah, well, my views are pretty much the same as yours. Um, This is a um, political circus. Um, It happened during the Borg trials, Clarence Thomas trials, and now especially through the Kavanaugh trials. In America, you're supposed to be presumed innocent until proven guilty. Otherwise, we have the French system. And I don't know if the French system persists today, but at one time, from what I heard, in France, you once somebody made an accusation against you, you had to prove your innocence, which is like trying to prove a negative. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is that this is the way it always is. You have the Democrats versus the Republicans, and there have been accusations against the Democrats for having them scripted the entire thing. In other words, trying to have supposedly Democratic um, operatives operating, I guess, in every state, and they have a database Mm -hmm. of people who are Democrat sympathizers, and then they search the database, find the people who could be useful for them at any given time. So here we have a woman who at one time knew Kavanaugh, didn't have any mm-hmm. true affiliation with him um, outside of the allegation of of rape, but couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm one who believes that trauma could probably affect somebody who who has a legitimate um, allegation. Now I'm not saying she did. Yeah. I'm not saying she didn't. But trauma and I agree can't. with you on that because if somebody's raped or something like that, they're not going to remember everything, you know, step by step. They're not going to remember a lot of details. Yeah, that's one side of it. Plus, um, if you've listened to the conservative talk shows, women will call in and say, I don't believe Ford because I was raped and I remember everything that happened. Well, okay, uh, maybe you did, but other people may not. But again, Mm -hmm. if you don't have corroborating evidence, when you're accusing somebody, especially if it's going to be the highest court in the land, even even if it's not the highest court in the land, if you're going to accuse somebody of any type of crime, you have to have some sort of evidence. Otherwise, people are going to look. People should look at you and say, "You may be telling the truth, but without mm-hmm. evidence, and if you can't prove your accusation in this country, that person is presumed innocent." Now, I don't know if yeah. you saw the hearings, but 
the hearings were nothing more than a, a pure circus. That's fake. Yeah, I've seen the hearings. Yeah. yeah, and it was the same thing. You kind of already know what the people are going to say before they say it. Just mm-hmm. like with Cory Booker, I already knew how he was going to behave before he even spoke. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like the same thing over and over. It seems like they just want to get brownie points, you know, with their particular voting, you know, bait. Right. And they're not really focused on the issue at hand. You know, and it's sad. It's very unfortunate. That's why I think this lady, unfortunately, she was used politically. I and don't... then you have Senator. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, um, I don't know if she was used. Um, I think she may have been a willing victim. And the reason I say that is because today mm-hmm. I heard that her best friend either is married to or is affiliated with the Mueller office, with the FBI mm-hmm. that's affiliated with the, with the Mueller, uh, Mueller investigation. So mm-hmm. she, may, she may actually be a plant. She could be a uh, uh, um, an unwilling dupe, but she may be a plant. She has said that she doesn't know anything about polygraphs, but she has a best friend mm-hmm. who is a female <laughs> who works for the FBI, and um, uh, she was teaching either Ford or I think it was Ford how to pass a polygraph exam for an upcoming FBI interview. Yeah, so, you know what? I'm glad you. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, someone I know had a problem uh, with Ford's testimony because they felt she came across as kind of behaved too naive Mm -hmm. when this lady is probably in her 50s. You know, she's, you know, probably traveled a lot. and You know what I mean. And then when it came to this, she seemed just a little, tried to come across a little ditzy, just a little bit like, you know, I don't know. This is like, honey, you know, here in your field. Yeah, yeah, she came Come across on. like a, You know, you're yeah. college educated. You know what I mean. You're not a young girl in your 20s. So, yeah, so I know what you mean when it comes to she didn't know anything about polygraph and, you know. And it's so interesting you brought that up because you know how we always say, uh, you know, polygraphs don't mean anything. But then when you want it to fit your narrative, then all of a sudden it becomes very important. Yeah. The result. Absolutely. And polygraphs are not admissible in court, some people say, for a good reason. Um, they, I'm, I'm going to do some research after I hang up about it. Um, a polygraph examiner who says that even mm-hmm. though he's been giving polygraph examinations for years, he doesn't believe that polygraphs are credible. <laughs> now, this is a guy that's doing it, and he's saying you can wow. beat the polygraph. Yeah, that you can beat the polygraph well, you anytime what? you want. Mm-hmm. And that's true because uh, what's his name? Uh, the Green River Killer, Andrew, uh, no, Gary Ridgway, he actually mm-hmm. beat a polygraph. Uh, he was a serial killer in Washington that killed over 40 women. Mm-hmm. And right when the killing started, um, they thought he was a suspect. However, they ruled him out because they gave him a polygraph and he passed. And it was only over 20 years later that DNA um, Mm -hmm. was used. And that's how they caught him, not through a polygraph test that he passed, but through DNA. So thank God for DNA. (laughs) Yeah, I like the science of DNA, but I don't trust it as much as uh, people uh, do because it's been contaminated by the FBI. 
there's... Um, yeah, yeah, there are problems with DNA, but... Yeah, but it's not with the DNA per se, but it's with the tampering with it. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. the FBI psychologist, the forensic psychologist, or not the psychologist, but the forensic... Uh, what do they call that particular branch that works for the FBI? Anyway, oh, the pathologist, I think. They... Um, there's a, there's a particular instance where one woman, um, because of the way that she was handling DNA evidence, uh, as a result of her mishandling it, the, a lot of the cases that she handled for the FBI had to be thrown out because she, mm-hmm. was, she was contaminating evidence. So even if somebody says, well, the DNA says that you're guilty, it's possible that if the FBI wants to convict you, they'll <laughs> they'll convict you. Yeah, like, DNA. Yeah, DNA can go through a lot of hands. So yeah, yeah. that's true too. Yeah. So and, yeah. And before DNA became even popular, fingerprints, of course, that was the standard. Mm-hmm. But then they found out that some cops in some city they were lifting fingerprints off of uh, one object to put them on another object to incriminate. Mm whoever the defendant was. So I don't trust the cops. I don't trust the FBI. I don't, I don't, because they're all politically motivated. Oh, mm-hmm. and getting back to the well, polygraph. Well, you got to trust somebody. No. <laughs> I don't trust me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and getting back to the polygraph, she was only given, Ford was only given two questions, reportedly. Oh, I didn't know she was only given two yeah. questions. Mm. Now, a thorough examination you're supposed to be given mm. multiple questions, not two. Mm-hmm. So how is that polygraph supposed to um, either exonerate somebody or incriminate somebody if you're only given two questions? And then, yeah, and then two, uh, with Senator Dianne Feinstein, um, you know, supposedly Ford, you know, wrote her a letter and, you know, told her, you know, just keep my name and stuff confidential. And, mm-hmm. of course, her name and her her whole public life was released to the public, and Diane Feinstein is like, well, I don't know how that happened. It oh, came yeah. up with my office. So either <laughs> yeah. Diane Feinstein, you know, either she's lying or Diane Feinstein, she's 85 years old. So yeah. there could be some stuff going on in her office that she may not even know. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, What's but I, I wouldn't put anything past her or her staff. Um, I remember watching the hearings, and she turned around, and the staff said, no, we didn't do it. Well, it was either her or the other congresswoman who's in the district that Ford lives in, or it was the legal team. Mm-hmm. So one of those three, like Lindsey Graham has, has said, one of them leaked the letter. So, mm-hmm. and there shouldn't be any any leaks whatsoever. Plus, uh, all the witnesses no. that um, Ford said were on her behalf, all of them said either I I don't know about this party or I wasn't there, or that Ford herself is like a, a nut job. <laughs> yeah, and then like people said, something may have happened to her. You know, that's not what people are saying, but it's the fact of the matter is, unfortunately, there is, you know, we can't, like, um, there's no evidence, you know? Mm-hmm. And not only that, uh, the FBI interviewed 150 people. Mm-hmm. I don't know what more could be done, because remember, the Democrats wanted an FBI investigation. Okay, fine. They interviewed 150 people. And those people also included the other women 
that mm-hmm. accused him of either they witnessed harassment and things of that nature, but nothing. I mean, I remember one or two of the other chicks. I mean, their credibility. I mean, it was one oh, of those situations right. where they were like, I think he was at the party. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure. It was yeah, silly. Yeah, I mean, it was all um, probably to delay the confirmation. Why? Possibly to get um, Kavanaugh to excuse himself. And I, when I heard him um, do his personal outrage, I felt good for him because people don't mm-hmm. seem to realize that he went through more scrutiny than uh, other people who went before him. As, for example, he had to answer 100, I think it was 1,000 questions of a questionnaire. That's something like 300 questions or 700 questions more than they've asked other nominees. Plus, there was mm-hmm. another thing that he had to undergo that um, other nominees prior to his being nominated didn't have to do. And then, all of a sudden, you have these sexual allegations and this Me Too movement coming up. So I don't blame mm-hmm. what he said. Um, and he said there's a Democratic conspiracy. Well, the Democrats, they have databases of uh, people that they can go to, hopefully to be on their side, either to have them to fund them for protests or to have allegations like this, or to do something which is supposed to be um, on their political side. And the Republicans mm-hmm. probably do, too, because the Republicans, they're not, they're not exactly trustworthy. And as far as I'm concerned, our political system has been oh. broken for decades. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, what? it is yeah. just something else. And with him, as far as uh, now they were trying to say, you know, oh, does he have the temperament? to sit on the Supreme Court. I mean, first of all, the way he was behaving, you know, when he got emotional, crying and all that, I mean, Mm. they act as if that's that's what this man does every day. I mean, come on. You know, I don't think he has the right temperament. I mean, mean, it's just, I don't know. I know, they're grasping at straws. And he was crying because of what his 10-year-old daughter was going through. And he (laughs) <laughs> and he got outraged yeah. because, you know, because of the sexual, yeah. one one thing after another, you know. So, I mean, I don't think a lot yeah, of people I've... would be able to withstand that kind of pressure if they're, if they know they're going to be in the, um, in the spotlight. And then once you walk down the street, you probably have a bunch of women saying rapist, murderer, oh, stuff yeah. like this. Yeah. Can you imagine if he was, quote, unquote, the average guy? Well, first he would have lost his job. Yeah. Whether uh, the findings came out that he was found not guilty, he still, you know, mm. well, I know that, but, you know, not to create any, you know, chaos in the workplace, we're going to have to let you go. Right. Exactly. Men, men should stand up, not just, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying against these sexual allegations. Men should stand up and say, look, you've got an allegation against me. Prove it or shut up. And if the allegations prove to be true, then you get rid of them. But this idea where you're proven guilty until uh, proven innocent, no. Because you don't know. Men men have so many allegations raised against us so often for the stupidest crap that enough is enough, you know. So when you have these allegations, which are based on paper mache practically, they're ruining the credibility of people who have actual allegations of substance. 
And I mm-hmm. say, men should stand up and say, hey, go, go F yourself. You're full of crap. Go away. But they don't do that. They go, oh, my God, I'm in trouble now. What will people think? No, yeah, stand up they, for yourself. I think, yeah, I think the men freak out. And not only that, my thing is, if women and men, you know, if we're going to be treated equal, the questions that Kavanaugh was asked, like, hey, you know, when you were in college, how many beers do you have? Well, I yeah. think that same question should have been posed to her as well. Oh, sure. And then one if time. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. You know, but women are going to complain like mad once they get started um, treated to be treated like men. Because men get treated very, very roughly. So if women, once women start getting treated roughly, they're going to whine and complain even more. Did you see the video about um, Orrin Hatch? Today. Oh, yes. When, yeah, when he was in the elevator. Yeah. And what did Orrin Hatch say? I forgot. He said, grow up. That's all he said. Yeah. They confronted him in front of his own elevator in the Senate building. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't like senators or congressmen to begin with. I only like a few of them, but I think they're scum. Uh-huh. But at the same time, when you have protesters who are in your face, like they were with Jeff Flake, inside the elevator. Not with Orrin Hatch today, but with Jeff Flake inside his own elevator, getting in his yeah. face and knowing they can get away with it because the women, you see, I mean, that's nonsense. And then here we have the women today saying, you've got to talk to us. You have to talk to us. And he's going upstairs. He says, grow up. And then the woman says, how dare you talk to women that way? Yeah, and I hate that. <laughs> yeah, see, and that's what I hate. It's like. You know, sometimes women dish stuff out, and then when the men bring it back to you, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can't believe you said to me. Meanwhile, you're sitting up here bullying this man in an elevator. What did you want this man to say? I mean, then the way they were treating the women senators, almost like bullying them to Mm. vote against Kavanaugh. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But the day yeah. the day comes when women get the true equal treatment, women are gonna oh, you talk about wine like a pig. Whoa, forget it. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just to me, it seems like things have gotten out of hand and it's too emotional. Mm-hmm. It's like no one's thinking logical anymore. I mean, okay, now Kavanaugh, it looks like as of tomorrow. He will be, you know, Supreme Court Justice. And people are still acting as if, you know, like the process didn't go right. It's like you wanted the FBI to do investigations, and they did. They didn't find anything. So what more is it that you want? I mean, it's over. And that's the thing. The Democrats don't realize that it's over. It's it's over, you know? Did you also notice that how the Republicans – Kept kept very quiet during the questioning of Ford because they didn't uh-huh. want to be accused of bullying a woman. So they hired they, another yeah. woman, you know, a special prosecutor who specializes in, in sex cases. So she was very yeah. gentle with her. But did you also notice that when it came time for Kavanaugh to be interviewed by the Democrats, how they ripped into him, how they just tried to oh, destroy yeah. him? Oh, it was, you know, but then. But again, politics does not involve common sense or rationality. It's politics. It's my mm-hmm. side versus your side. 
And I hope people exactly. in America someday wake up and realize that the, uh, the American legal system is full of corrupt politicians who do not run the country. It's the lobbyists who run the country because the lobbyists fund the campaigns of these uh, politicians. And we have practically no and, voice, you know, um, practically speaking. Yeah, you're right. You're right yeah. about having no voice because it's like this. To me, it's almost like gang warfare without guns. You have the it Republicans is. and the Democrats, you know, fighting with each other, and we're standing there like, are you guys done yet or what? <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you brought that up because my analogy is always um, when I'm trying to bring forth that particular issue to people, I say to them, look, you've got two parties, and they're mm-hmm. corrupt. Now, imagine if one party was called themselves the Sopranos, and the other party <laughs> calls themselves <laughs> the Bananos. Now, uh-huh. does that give you a clearer idea of what Congress is like? And so, sometimes it's people crazy. get it. It is. All it it's is crazy. Is and then, and then they hold these positions. Orrin Hatch has been a senator for, I think, ever since I was a teenager. I think about forty years, right? And I'm in my forties. At least 30 years, I think. Yeah, it's been a long, because it's like the same names I remember from my childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, I, so I don't I'm like any of them. They, um, they're destroying America because over the, over the past 50, 60 years, you can see how their legislation um, has, has damaged America. And then these people who, who create the legislation, pass it and implement it, don't do anything to try to nullify the bad effects of their bad legislation. And I say, well, look, if they're like that, they're they're actually destroying America, and they have to know they're destroying America. So I that's why I always call them treasonous scum. But what was what was, your other topic was fake anger? What's that about? Uh, here's fake anger. Uh, about fake anger. Oh, and before, oh, let me just say this real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, in reference to uh, uh, accusations of rape and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I look at it as a catch twenty two. A woman can really be raped, but unfortunately, if she doesn't have enough evidence, then that rapist will have to go free, and that's unfortunate. And then at the same time, a man could be accused of rape. I understand people say the percentage is small, but still, he could be accused of rape, and he will have a hard time trying to fight those allegations. So to me, it's, gosh, it's a catch-22. So. Well, if a woman but, yeah. is raped, it's not like in the in the movies where a woman just gets is put on her back and the man just does his, does his thing and walks away. Women get uh, beaten, they get um, uh, oh, yeah. sperm ejaculated inside them. They have physical evidence. So if they go to the police, even within yeah. a few days, they have evidence against the guy. But when you're accusing a but man of some too, sort huh? But then, too, with women, when it comes to race, they are also looked at as far as their occupation. Because if you notice, uh, with Ford, you know, they kept hyping up, she's college-educated, she's married with children, you mm-hmm. know, she's Dr. Ford, you know. So mm-hmm. when it comes to rape allegations, women like her are taken more seriously than maybe some poor chick that works at a diner, you know, well, going after a rich yeah. guy saying he raped her. 
you know, well, it's going to be an uphill yeah. battle for, you know, for that woman. And also, too, if the woman uh, is, let's just say she has a lot of sex partners, if she so happens to get raped, that will probably be held against her. Um, actually, that that kind of uh, sex history is practically forbidden in the courts and has been for decades. You can't bring up a but sexualist. They're viewed, but they're viewed different, like a stripper getting raped. I mean, people have even said, oh, well, a prostitute can't get raped. So people do view occupations of women in different ways. You know, if a lawyer gets raped, they view that a little different as maybe a porn star getting raped. Well, sure. I mean, look. Um, yeah, they don't. I. It seems like with our society. Can't get raped. I mean, I remember getting uh-huh. into a discussion with somebody who was the talk show host some years ago, and he believed that some um, prostitutes can't get, like you're saying, can't get raped. Yeah. And I said, sure they can. And that's some, crazy. Yeah, I mean, a giant yeah. can come along and you know and just throw you down and and do you. And yeah, if you're a mm-hmm. stripper or a prostitute, you're going to be looked at as a slut. Anyway, of mm-hmm. course. But if you're a waitress, yeah, so. um, you're going to be looked at as a woman. If you're a secretary, as a woman who was raped. But mm-hmm. at the same time, they have evidence that they can present against a rapist. A man has no evidence to say, I didn't do it. Because you know how mm-hmm. many men don't report um, some sort of sexual impropriety that's alleged, um, alleged against them, especially nowadays? Mm-hmm. You know how many mm-hmm. how many women feel free to throw around that word rape? I was talking to my friend, and he said that he met a woman on the bus, and the woman was telling him how she got raped. So he dug deeper into that conversation, and he says, well, how did you get raped? And she says, well, there was this guy next to me. And he goes, go on. And she says, well, I looked at him, and he was looking at me, and then he got an erection. And my friend goes, yeah. And she says, that's rape. Well, you know what? Nowadays, people need to study the law because nowadays a lot of sexual harassment and stuff, it's a long list of things. I know just a few uh, years ago these college guys uh, were accused of rape, and that's because this, uh, a college student, you know, a woman, uh, she got drunk or whatever, and they were, let's just say, uh, one guy used his fingers on her, and yeah. that was considered digital rape. Mm-hmm. So well, I consider that digital like, rape myself. I didn't. Are you talking about the yeah, lacrosse yeah. team? Yeah, yeah. So it's. Huh? Are you talking about the Duke lacrosse team? Uh, no, this was just a few years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was just a few years ago, but yeah. Oh, but you were talking about fake anger. Yeah. Uh, I use fake anger a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. I use that term because the Kavanaugh case is my example of fake anger. As with this case, you've seen the protesters out. Mm -hmm. Everything like that. Everybody's angry, upset. A few days later, everything is going to be back to normal as if nothing ever happened. Oh, okay. And it's like, yeah. what happened? It well, seems like yeah. everybody gets angry, mm-hmm. but then nothing changes. Okay, just for instance, uh, one perfect example is Donald Trump. 
You know how people say Donald Trump is a white supremacist. Right. He's this. He's that. He may be all that, but my question is to someone, have you ever even taken the time to send an email to the White House to voice your point of view? And the answer probably would be no. Mm. They say they're angry, but at the same time, they don't even take the time to send out an email to their local congressperson or to their senator just to express how they feel. I mean, back in the day, you had to buy stamps and write a letter. Nowadays, right. it's easy. You could send an email quick, but the average right. person doesn't even do that. So that's what I mean, fake anger. So how much do you really are scared oh, okay. about Donald yeah. Trump? You know what I mean? They say he's a white supremacist. Right. He's going to destroy this country. And if he's really that bad, well, damn, you don't even take the time to send an email to your local congressperson? Yeah, I see the point. I, I don't um, you know. Right. I think, I don't know if he's a white yeah. supremacist. He may be a racist, but then I say to people, well, how many other presidents do you think have uh, been in the Oval Office have not been racist? I think just about every, every my, single one. <laughs> yeah, and my thing is, when you say white supremacist, I mean, that's, to me, a step above. Mm-hmm. That means you're really going out of your way to do something. You know, yeah. or he's a part of this group. Because mm-hmm. it was like all of a sudden... He became that. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, he was fine and good. Everybody liked him. And now, all of a sudden, he just hates everybody. He's a dangerous person. Well, well, damn, if he's a dangerous person, I would think he would have about, it should look, look, I, like I said before, it should look like the Million Man March in front of the White House on a daily basis if this man really is a white supremacist and you think he is out to destroy America. Well, that that might happen. Soros is funding groups, probably pouring more millions into different groups now in order to try to get um, um, Trump out of there. He can't be embarrassed, which is something which I I believe is a good thing because he that that guy Trump has been insulted since the day he announced his presidency, and I'm talking about insulted. If you've ever seen the covers of magazines and newspapers, how they just caricatured him and how they just truly insulted him. They they weren't just even imposing satire on him. They were just insulting him day after day after day. And what he's done for America so far is pretty good. I didn't vote for him because I was worried about his temperament. But when I see that he's not a danger, in other words, he's not that prone to pushing the button to blow up the world, then when I yeah. see what he's done to the economy, I go, I like this guy. I want, I want and him see, around. Yeah. <laughs> and see, and that's the thing, because people think in this next election it's going to be easy to beat Trump, but they're forgetting that right now the unemployment rate uh, is very low. The economy, the stock market, everything is moving along. And I don't know, they just think just like last time, oh, like Joe Biden. Joe Biden thinks that, oh, I can become president in 2020. He thinks it's really going to be that easy. It's not going to be that easy because Trump doesn't even have to talk. All he has to do, the unemployment numbers will speak for itself. The economy will speak for itself. And even though people say they may not like Trump, if he's Mm -hmm. not affecting their job or their paycheck, they may feel like, well, you know what, I may not like him, but I don't want to mess up a good thing right now. 
Well, the polls are in his favor, um, depending upon who mm-hmm. takes him, of course. If the Democratic-funded uh, polls are taking the polls, then you know they're saying that people don't like Trump, and uh, the majority of people have an unfavorable rating. But if Republicans uh, fund it, then everybody's loving Trump. Um, I happen to think that Trump's base is very solid. I'm going to vote for him uh, the, uh, the next time mm-hmm. around. If he runs, he's also said, and it wasn't given much play in the uh, mainstream media, that he may not run. I can't blame him with mm-hmm. all the criticism yeah. that's levied against him every day. And you talk, you know, his own party doesn't like him. They're only on his side now because he's showing himself to be a winner. He's showing mm-hmm. himself to maintain his own uh, campaign promises to actually bring them to fruition. So now yeah. they're on the Trump bandwagon in order for them to get reelected. But they don't like Trump. Mm-hmm. He's not. You know, this is not Trump's party. You know, some people say this is Trump's party. Yo, no, no, it's not. No, no, I, the it, Republican it, Party is not Trump's party. And two, I think the problem I have with the Democratic Party. They keep trying to embarrass Trump over and over. He is not embarrassed. This guy is super rich. He had a life before being president. You could say whatever you want about him. He'll just, you know what I mean? It's like they keep trying over and over, and all they're doing is wasting time because they need to hurry up and figure out a way to beat Trump in 2020 if he runs for office. So far, there is no competition. Who do they have to run? Well, nobody. And what they're going to do, they yeah. they're going to try to embarrass. They're going to try to find something to discredit him. Now they can't embarrass him because he'll come back with a tweet, and no matter what he tweets, you know, even though the tweet itself is kind of embarrassing or would be embarrassing because yeah. it's not presidential, it doesn't matter because people say that a boy Trump, go get him. So they're going to have to try to discredit yeah. him like they like they're doing with this tax fraud allegation that somehow. He's a, he's evaded taxes or avoided taxes, and yeah. you know only then might might his base have a little chink in it. Even if they find mm-hmm. that Trump has committed some sort of tax fraud, um, that may not affect the base that much because people might say, mm-hmm. "Well, taxes—that's that's theft to begin with. You're stealing from somebody." So I don't think that's going to, to truly discredit him that much. They're going to have to find something worse than that. Uh, and I don't know what they yeah. can You know, this Russian you collusion know, is a hoax. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, too, because I think the people, the American public, even if someone hates Trump a lot, I know they're like, well, damn, when is this Russian investigation going to be over? And remember, both of his sons have been investigated. His son-in-law has been investigated. His personal lawyer has been investigated. Then you have the Stormy Daniels investigation. Yeah. You have all. You have how many? Seven or eight investigations going on at once. Who's paying for these investigations? And Real. when are they going to come to an end? Yeah. And when yeah. are they going to end? Because they need to hurry up and wrap them up before it's time to vote again for president. Yeah. The long, yeah, the longer they go on, the more the base is going to say, look how much um, tax money you're wasting, look how much time you're, exactly. you're wasting. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and all they're just, doing. It's crazy. Yeah, they're just, they're just fueling the fire for Trump as opposed to being against him. 
They don't know what mm-hmm. they're doing. I mean, what, maybe if they, like I said, they have to discredit him. I don't know how they're going to do that. But even if they do, yeah. unless it's unless it's treason, unless they actually find that he somehow has been mm-hmm. selling secrets to the Chinese yeah. or something like that, he's going to get reelected unless they fix the election, yeah. which is easy to do, actually. They can fix the election. Yeah. <laughs> and well, then, too, Trump, yeah. he has such a – and to me, Trump has such a big mouth. He talks so freaking much <laughs> that you he would does. think they'd find – you know, you would think they would have found something by now. It wouldn't be this difficult. Oh, God, yeah, he does tweet a lot. He says every time he talks, like when he was talking in Mississippi, it's like, oh, God, mm. <laughs> be quiet. I know, and then he makes he made fun of Ford, and how many politicians yeah. actually do that? No one except I Trump know. would do something like that. <laughs> he always, I don't know what it is, he... I don't know what it is about him that he is able to get past it all. He's been called a white supremacist. He's been called uh, he hates women. He's yeah. been called a sexual yeah. harasser. He's been called uh, a, a guy cheating on his taxes. He really doesn't have a lot of money. He, yeah. He's a bad husband. I mean. Oh, ooh. that he is. Um, he's, yeah. Oh, well, he, yeah. You know, he's cheated on Melania. <laughs> I, don't, I don't approve of that. And I don't like any. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Like, I didn't well, like it when Clinton did it. I don't like it when Trump does it or has oh, done it. Oh, definitely not Clinton. Yeah. That well. Was just, ugh. But Bill, <laughs> well, his wife probably didn't even care because she. Oh, what she really wanted to do was to become president. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this, but years ago, before the presidential election started, before 2015, before 2014. Uh-huh. She said she was not going to run for elected office anymore, and I remember that. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, "This bitch is full of shit." Mm. And then what happened? Up comes twenty um, twenty sixteen, and she's uh-huh. running for president. <laughs> yeah, well, because she probably thought beating Trump was going to be easy. Oh yeah, everybody thought so. Oh, yeah. It was like, well, let's just hurry up and, you know, let's just beat him real quick. And he beat her so fast because I thought if it I thought if he had a chance, maybe it was going to be kind of close. Yeah. Some votes may have to be recounted. He beat this lady so quick. I think in California time, I think he beat her before 10 o'clock at night or something like that. It just well, happened he, so quick. Um, I don't know. What do you mean by happened so quick? Oh, you mean the oh no. Well, the when results. I said happened so quick, he was winning mm-hmm. state after state after state. Yeah, that's very, that was that was surprising, but when it came down to the wire for voting night, um he was he was behind up until nine or ten o'clock. It wasn't it wasn't until and the they, late yeah, it wasn't until the people went out in, in surges to vote for him and then the results came back as a complete surprise that he won. Oh yeah. You know, because I know and here in California, yeah. Because I was surprised when I woke happened. up and I found yeah. out that uh, that Trump mm-hmm. won. And when I found out that Trump, because I didn't want Hillary, I I didn't want Hillary at uh-huh. all, not at all. Yeah. You know, if, if you take a look at that Clinton crime family ever since they were in Arkansas, <laughs> uh-uh, didn't want her at all. So I wa- uh-huh. I, would, I wanted Trump, but I didn't vote for him because you know he, he wasn't my favorite person. <laughs> yeah. 
but when he but so, when yeah. he became but when he became president, I said, okay, good, thank God, better than Hillary. But I was still worried about the red button. I'm still worried about his going to war over everything. But when I find out no. uh-huh. that he's restrained, I say we got the right guy. Yeah, and when it comes to Trump and the United States going to war, there's so many. How can I? There's so many steps before we can go to war. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That I'm not really concerned. You know, it's not like Trump can just wake up one day and I'm just going to put us in a nuclear war. Um, it's it's a little easier than that happen. nowadays because remember Bush. Not passed. like that. Well, you know, it's not like, you know what I mean? It's not because it's almost like, you know, people act like he has the nuclear code around like the way he, you carry around a cell phone. Well, he does. He, they, they have what's called a No, football. it doesn't. Yeah, but it's not like that because it has to go through so many different steps before yeah. you can even begin to launch one, you know, nuclear mm-hmm. weapon. Well, I hope it is because I, as the commander-in-chief, that one time he would have to go through Congress to have war uh, become officially issued. But Bush knocked that out of the way with the NDAA, and Obama kind of continued that particular policy. Um, Congress came back and they said, well, all right, if you want to declare war, you can, but you have to come to us within 30 days afterwards. Whereas mm-hmm. before, I think mm-hmm. in the Constitution, the president can't declare war. He has to go through Congress. But mm-hmm. they abdicated their authority years ago to allow whatever president uh, who would get in there to do that declaration. But they never thought that a guy mm-hmm. like Trump would get in there. They always thought that people like Bush or Obama would get in, people who play mm-hmm. the game. You know, Bush, he He doesn't care for politics. He doesn't care for the GOP. He doesn't care for the Democrats. So far, it seems as though um, he cares about America, in my opinion. But are you talking about Bush or the son? Yeah, um, Bush. Bush. Well, I didn't like Bush. I didn't like Clinton. I don't like any of these presidents, (laughs) quite frankly. And then it's so it's so funny because you know after Barbara Bush passed away, you know they you know, started replaying interviews and stuff. And they were talking about how George Bush, mm-hmm. as far as the people in their family, they said he was the last person they would think would be president of the United States. They thought it would be Jeb Bush. Jeb, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they were like, they didn't even look at him, you know, to be yeah. a president or hold any kind of office, you know, so even the parents were, you know, kind of surprised by that. But, hey, it's stuff like that happens, I guess. Well, you know, you never underestimate the stupidity of the American people because uh, we've yeah. been brainwashed ever since birth to believe what politicians tell us, and we have to get away from oh, that. Oh, yeah. If mm-hmm. we get away from that, then we, we could actually clean house. We wouldn't need Trump. We would just do it ourselves by voting in the people that yeah. we, you know, that we knew we're honest as opposed to the people who have a full head of hair or a nice smile and a good, clean, hand, a full handshake. No, you can't do that. I know, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, we look at 
everything when, you know, people try to run for president, you know, and they cannot make one mistake. Well, besides Trump. <laughs> yeah. I think oh, he's kind of changed the game on that. <laughs> wow. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of changed the game, you know. Well, I'm not going to keep any longer. You probably want to get to Beyonce and your experience at the concert. So I'll let you uh, yeah. get back to the show. Yeah, so thanks for calling. Your voice is familiar. I haven't heard if uh, I might have your called voice before. in years. I, know, I remember you. Did you call Mr. Talk Show? Oh, that yeah, show? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I used to listen to that show a lot, you know, oh, when you I was did? at work and stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, so I know your voice. So it's good to hear from you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm Joe from Montana. Yeah, yeah. See, people that call in, they don't know how famous they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, good. I didn't know you had a show. Well, I'm glad to find out that you do. Okay, well, do you do you always talk about politics or do you mix it up or what? I love politics. I usually talk about politics or like the latest news story like Kavanaugh. Uh-huh. You know, that was a big news story. So any big news story or a story that catches my attention, oh, you know, okay. I'll go ahead and talk about it and just give my opinion on it. All right. Basically. Now that painting yeah. that's on your page, um, is that supposed to be representative of you? Actually, no, the hair is similar, uh-huh. but if you kind of want to see what I look like, it is on my uh, Twitter page, uh-huh. my little thumbnail. Oh, Some okay. people don't want to see their host, you know <laughs> what I mean, and what they look like. They kind, yeah. You know, they kind of want to keep the mystery, okay. so that's why I try to keep the mystery, you know, and everything like that, but... You know, you may want to check out Twitter. You know, you may find me there. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you get back yeah. to, uh, to your show and Beyonce. Do you call into Mr. Talk? I haven't talked to him in about a month, six weeks or so. You know what? I have not called into his show, I'm going to say, in a few years, actually. Oh, really? Oh, okay. It's been a long time. Yeah, because I used to tune in because uh, the job I had um, – Man, I used to tune in every single day. Yeah, well, uh, years ago, I used to call in all the time. Yeah, but then I got sidetracked. I got another job, you know, and everything like that. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to, you know, tune in to him because I always like this show. Yeah, I've always liked it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, I've been with him. I think the last six years, I think. I think it was one of his first. Yeah, because it's uh, been a long time. Yeah, I, we used to have a lot of fun uh, on the show. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And then there was <laughs> another guy. I wish, what's this guy? Was it, I wish he would come back on. He's been on, he's been gone for like three years now. Do you remember Perry Steele? Oh, sure. I remember. I remember why he left, yeah. Oh, I want him back. Yeah, he was a very good host. He had he had a good combination. He allowed people to to get rambunctious on his show, but he also he knew his foreign uh, politics. He knew politics about foreign affairs very well. That was a shtick. Yeah, I like, and it was so informal. Sometimes he would be cooking at like mm-hmm. two in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but he yeah, made I one fatal mistake, Memphis. and they had to get uh. rid of him. Yeah. He got a little. Oh, okay. Yeah, he um, he called the show. He called the house 
of a person uh, who was a caller. He didn't like the call. Oh, no. Yeah, so he called the house. Oh, the parents okay. of the person who used to call in, and um, they got rid of him. And, you know, that's a no-no. Okay, you yeah, because sometimes yeah. this stuff can get carried away. Yeah, you know, and uh, but I like the I've show. Because I got heated on shows. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was And it I was had a to good tone show. myself down. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, so, this yeah. show can get you fired up. Uh, too bad oh. you, you should have heard um, years ago some of the battles I had with uh, talk show hosts a long, long time ago. Yeah, long, yeah. Oh. Not about Mr. Talk, it's Mr. Yeah. Talk. He knows how to make sure that everybody stays nice and civilized, but, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but I went off um, on a few shows. I didn't feel like uh, oh, being me too. civilized. <laughs> I'm guilty. I, I'm I very like, guilty. I felt like Kavanaugh. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. I've had my Kavanaugh moments. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, All yeah. Right. I'll let you go again, and um, I'll, I'll call in another time. Hopefully it'll be about politics and relationships because um, those are the topics I like to talk about. Oh, relationships. Ooh, oh, yeah. I try to steer away from that topic, but, oh, okay. Oh, we really? can talk about that. One of the yeah, because you know why? Mm-hmm. I don't talk about relationships a lot. Different ages, we were raised differently. We're in right. different periods in our life, mm-hmm. so there's never really going to be an agreement on anything. Well, that's very true. Um, you know, people you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's usually divided up into either but, two or three camps, but. Um, I find relationships interesting because they're important. And for me to get information from particular different camps about how they feel is, like, surprising to me, you know, about how they think. It's very surprising. And, uh, you know, so I like to engage in that just to find out what is it that makes you feel that either you're good for a relationship or that somebody else is good for a relationship or what mm-hmm. why do you feel that some people are not good for a relationship and what are you doing to improve your relationship things like that uh-uh. you know i like to delve deeper into that because um, yeah because i know mm-hmm. uh-huh people do not have Remember good relationships guy. in america yeah when you Remember take a look at the divorce figures what guy uh mr solution <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I had classic <laughs> battles with him. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I know. I everybody. I've oh. had classic battles with Mr. Solution. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, oh, he oh, called my show. Oh, really? I haven't heard from him though in a long time. But yeah, but we would talk about relationships a few times. He would um on another show. Mm-hmm. Oh, he and I would so, agree yeah, 98% of the time. I happen to agree with most of his viewpoints, but the reason why he and I would uh-huh. get into battles is because he never shut up. He would talk. Uh-huh. And he, oh, he, he, I could, know. <laughs> he could talk for eight minutes oh, at a time, a and I never let anybody get a word in. So uh, I used to say, you got to learn how to shut up. <laughs> you know? but yeah, so I hope he's still floating around somewhere, well, probably, you know, falling shows. Yeah, I haven't heard yeah. from him either. In, in a, I, I guess in about a year, I haven't heard anything about him. Yeah, I think me too. It's probably been about that time. So. Yeah. Well, uh, what's your name? 
Oh, my name is Lisa. Lisa. Oh, okay. Well, Lisa. Yeah. Uh, well, it's good to hear her. Talk to somebody like, oh, that's right. We never talked before because you didn't call into Mr. Talk. Mm. Yeah, I called in. I would be on there from time to time. Oh, you would? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Lisa. Yeah, you did call in every once in a while. Yeah, oh. I would call in every once in a while. I remember you, and then Miss Lady would be on, and then Mason. Oh, oh, yeah, I remember Miss Lady. Oh, oh. yes, Miss Lady. Yeah. Uh, yes, I remember Miss Lady. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. there was another one, too. There was another oh. lady. Oh, that I was that her name. Maze. There was Miss Lady. There was, oh, I forgot. Uh, there was one other one. Mm, I think. Uh, there wasn't. Oh, yeah. I forgot her name. Uh, but she was kind of quiet, like, you know. Hmm. I, um, I'm thinking. Then of, there was a. Huh. I'm thinking of the I name. Forgot I forget the name. Yeah, it'll come back after I hang up, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I've already said about eighteen thousand times I'll let you go, but I haven't let you go yet. But uh, this time, I do the same thing. Uh, <laughs> well, I hope it was time good I to will. hear from you, Joe. Yeah, it was good to talk to you. Uh, I'll call in. I yeah. guess you have a once a week, right? Yeah, I try to do once a week. Oh, okay. Well, when I see yeah. you again, um, I'll call in again. All right. All right, All right. then. Have a good weekend, Lisa. <laughs> Okay, you too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, all right, you guys. That was Joe. I bet you guys were like, who was Lisa talking to? That was Joe, and it's interesting because Joe was like um, like a regular caller on other different podcasts. So when I would tune in to other shows, you know, he would call in from time to time, and I hear his voice. And yeah, I haven't heard Joe call into a show in a long time. So yeah, it was good to hear from him, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, you guys, let's get started with Miss Beyonce. If you guys want to call in, go ahead and give me a call. Area code three four seven nine nine six five three six nine. Press one on your keypad if you would like to talk to me. And uh, my chat room is open, not on Blog Talk, but on YouTube. So feel free. So, yeah, you guys, Mrs. Beyonce. Well, uh, October is my birthday month, if you didn't know. I'm a Libra. Hey, and you know Libras, we do like balance. And that is true. You know, I don't like a lot of... Uh, you know, drama in my life, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so I will say, uh, yeah, in that sense, you know, Libras and stuff is like, nah, you know, I don't want, you know, all that drama and stuff like that. Um, Hold on, you guys. I just want to make sure my chat room is open on YouTube and all that good stuff. Uh, Hold on real quick, you guys. Sorry about that. I think I still, I think I'm still, my chat room is doing okay anyway. So, yeah, let's talk about Beyonce. 
Well, yes, I went to Beyonce's concert um, out here in Southern California. Uh, she played the Rose Bowl out in uh, Pasadena, California. She played two nights. Oh, God, look at me. Was it, the, was it the 22nd and the 23rd? Oh, God. Look, I'm sitting up here saying I went. Uh-oh, wait. Uh-oh, what's going on, you guys? Uh-oh, hold on. I think I lost my feed on YouTube. Look at that. Right when I was getting ready to talk about Beyonce, look at that. Now, all of a sudden, I lost my feed on YouTube. Hold on, you guys. Sorry. Uh, my Google Hangout just stopped for some reason. Let's see what's going on here. I don't, I don't think my Google Hangout is still on. Hold on, you guys. Sorry. No, I don't think I'm on Google Hangouts anymore. Oh, man. Man, it's it. Hold on. Mm. Don't you just love technology? You know, technology, man, I need a new phone. Like ASAP. Oh, there he's in. Sorry, you guys. I am so sorry. Come on. Damn, my show will be over by the time I do this. Oh, man. Well, anyway, it looks like, um, yeah, I don't know what happened to my Google Hangout. It just stopped. So, anyway, you guys, well, at least we're still here on Blog Talk Radio. So, damn, yeah, it's gone. What the hell happened? Wow. Uh, uh, uh. Damn, that was a good little show, too, man. I don't know what happened. Anyway, well, I'll just have to do a separate show about Beyonce for you, too. So I'll just go ahead and do that. Anyway, I went to see Queen B. This <laughs> is Beyonce. Uh, my daughter surprised me with tickets. Uh, because it was Saturday. Uh, she performed at the Rose Bowl Saturday. What was the date of that? Was it September 22nd, I believe? And it was, I think it was in the morning. I was in the shower, and I had said something about, oh, well, it's all right if we don't go to the concert. You know, it probably wouldn't have been as good as the first tour anyway, you know. And then she didn't say anything. And so then when I got out the shower and everything, my daughter said something like, oh, so you don't want to see Beyonce? And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, well, I got tickets uh, to go to the concert tomorrow. I was like, what? You got, I was so freaking happy. Oh, and a side note about Beyonce. When uh, Dusty's Child came out, uh, I thought they were okay. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I really wasn't impressed too much by Destiny's Child, I guess you would say. And to me, Beyonce, her singing has gotten better. You know, because back then with Destiny's Child, I was like, oh, they're all right. You know what I'm saying, you know. But I know um, some younger people, you know, like Beyonce, you know. So, you know, the songs, of course, you know, I'm a survivor and all that. I know one of the songs that I liked was uh, Lose My Breath, Bootylicious, you know what I mean. But I didn't pay too much attention to Destiny's Child. 
until Destiny's Child broke up, and lo and behold, Beyonce went solo. It was like, what? And remember her first solo hit was Crazy in Love. That song right there, I was like, what? You know, because at first Beyonce, I was like, yeah, she's all right. You know, but I don't know. When she went solo, it was like, wow. And then when she teamed up, you know, and started really teaming up with Jay-Z, it's like, wow, it's really taking her to the next level. Uh, so anyway, let's talk about this concert. So anyway, I went two weeks ago um, on Sunday at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. Um, I took a lift because I'm like, uh, no, I'm not trying to find parking at the Rose Bowl. I mean, how many thousands of people does a Rose Bowl seat? About 30,000 or something like that? Probably more than that. And it's like, uh, now. So I took a lift. I think a lot of people took a lift. And I got there. The concert started at 730. I got there at 4. So it was perfect timing. Uh, and uh, the Rose Bowl itself wasn't open yet. It didn't open till 6. However, they did have um, food available, you know, outside of the Rose Bowl. Uh, you could have barbecue. And, you know, there were alcoholic beverages, you know. Or if you don't drink alcohol, there was soda, water. I mean, you know, and the weather was nice. You know what I mean? It wasn't hot or anything like that. Um, I wore some blue jean shorts, a black tank top, a black hat, and I had on a long sleeve plaid shirt that I tied at my waist, you know, so uh, and a pair of tennis shoes because, you know, I want to be comfortable, you know. So, yeah, and it was all raised, all ages there. I seen a little girl there. It looked like she was about 10. <laughs> you know, there were some senior citizens there. So it was all races, all ages, all ethnicities, and uh, representation from the LGBT, <laughs> okay? So everybody was uh, represented. So anyway, like I said, uh, before the concert outside of the stadium, there was food. You could purchase alcohol, water, sodas, and merchandise. Uh, the first thing I did was purchase merchandise because I didn't know how it would be after the concert and all that stuff. So I was like, well, let me just do it now. And the, uh, there was a couple of merchandise booths set up. All of them were the same. So it wasn't like um, this merchant was selling Beyonce keychain. This particular one, they were selling this or that. Mm-mm. They all were selling the same thing at the same price. They all were selling the same T-shirts, the same tour booklet. Uh, I think they uh, were selling bandanas. I mean, everything was the same. So uh, one of the first things I did was, um, you know, purchase some merchandise. So there was hardly anybody in line. I think there were two people ahead of me in line for merchandise. And uh, since the merchandise was the same, and they didn't offer a lot, it was easy to kind of just pick your stuff and pay real quick. You know what I mean? It wasn't like they offered 50 different types of T-shirts and all of that, you know. And then my daughter felt I was too bougie because when I got up to the counter, I was like, "Uh, yeah, I'll take that black T-shirt, V-neck, women, size medium. And the guy was like, uh, you know, it's kind of like, a, no, we just have the one T-shirt generic. You know what I mean? It didn't have, like, 
the women's T-shirts, V-neck. You know, they were like, nah, nah, nah. You know, we got small, medium, or large. Take your big lady. <laughs> yeah, so I just bought a T-shirt, and I bought a tour book. And um, I, that total of that was $75. To be honest with you, I thought I was going to pay more. I thought the concert, I mean, the tour book, because if you've seen it in person or online, the tour booklet is pretty big. And it's good quality, too. So I just assumed I would pay at least $80 for it. And a T-shirt, I thought I'd pay 50 But actually, a tour book was 35 and the T-shirt was 40 So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Side, um, because they said make sure uh, whatever you bring, make sure it's in a clear, uh, like, plastic bag or something. Because if not, you're not going to get in. You know, like say, for instance, uh, if you had a purse and uh, they were saying if you have a purse, put all your stuff in a clear bag first, then put the stuff in your purse. So that way it's easier for the security guards to check you because they ain't got time. You know what I mean? You bring in, oh, and no backpacks allowed, clear or not. You know, so there were different rules and regulations. So, y'all, let me tell you, I kept it very generic. I think I uh, I went to Target and I just bought a little um, wallet holder that you can put around your neck and it stores like your credit cards and stuff and that's all I bought and my house keys um, I on that little chain around my neck and that's all I bought and my cell phone was in my back pocket that was it because I did not you know I didn't want no problems with security trying to get back home to try to uh, uh. so I kept it very simple. And when uh, you bought, when I bought the T-shirt and the tour book, they put it in a clear bag anyway, which was perfect, you know. So anyway, to make a long story short, after that, like I said, there were some vendors serving alcohol. You know, I got me a little, got me a little margarita, <laughs> you know. And um, right by the Rose Bowl, there's a country club. So a part of the country club was open. And people were mingling inside the country club, you know, and on the wall, they were playing Beyonce's videos. So I was like, this is interesting. So people were in there relaxing, mingling, excited. You know, we were all in a good mood. Excellent. I mean, I'm telling you, everybody there was just so nice because we're on one accord, you know what I mean, which was Beyonce, you know what I mean? So then after that, um, I guess it was about 10 minutes to 6. But me and my daughter decided, well, why don't we just make our way uh, back to the Rose Bowl to get in now? I guess we were only, oh, gosh, I guess let's just say half a block away if you were going by block. So, you know, we went back, and there were no lines. You know, there wasn't like a long line of people trying to get into the Rose Bowl because with the Rose Bowl, the place is so huge, there's so many different entrances uh, for you to go into. Let's just say if you were sitting in row C, well, there's an entrance, uh, entrance row C. You understand what I mean? So we were all divided based on where you were sitting at, which made it perfect. Because when it was time for us to enter, because at 6 o'clock, you know, that's when they opened the gate, I believe there was only three people in front of me <laughs> waiting to get into the gate you know, that I was getting into, which was perfect. Um, I went through security in 30 seconds, 
you know, and it's so funny because uh, my daughter, she had um, the tickets she bought. They were, what would you call it? They were resold tickets. And she got them all stuff up. But meaning, I guess someone had bought the tickets before and either they couldn't make it or decided not to go. So they just resold them. So she was a little nervous. She had never bought tickets like that before. So she was like, so that person was like, oh, thank you so much, you know, for these concert tickets. And my daughter was like, well, don't thank me yet. Let's wait till they do the scan the barcode, you know. So then when we got through security, they scanned the tickets. They were legit. We high-fived each other. <laughs> and we went to take our seat. Now, of course, it's empty now. You know, it's just a little after 6. The concert doesn't start till 7.30. So, you know, so it was still pretty much empty. And there were people there to help you if you didn't know where you sat at. I know with us, we're like, where are our seats? And the guy was like, right here. And we're like, are you sure? And he goes, yeah, they're right here. You guys, why were we sitting in row 22? Now, you may say, ooh, row 22 is far. Let me tell you something. With a major concert like Beyonce, row 22 is not that far. You know what I'm saying? It's far, but no. We thought we were going to be kind of like in the nosebleed section. You know what I'm saying? So we were happy as hell because you had the VIP section, right? Then after the VIP section, there's like this concrete area, I guess. I don't know how I would say it. This little concrete area. Then that's when the rows start. And we were in the row 22, and I was like, this is heaven. Plus, you guys, we had a middle seat. Oh, oh, row 22, middle seat, heaven, you guys. We were so excited. People were laughing at us, and we high-fived each other again. It was like, yes. So then since we know where we sat at, we went back out to use the restroom because we're like, well, let's use it now. Restrooms were spotless, you guys didn't smell like urine. You know what I mean? They smelled good, actually. And there were tons of bathrooms available. So it was, oh, my God. So then, too, we got some food. Um, what did I get? Oh, I got some tacos. And, um, yeah, I got some tacos. And uh, what else did I get? Oh, I think I got a bottle of water. And then we sat back down in our seat. And I guess it was about 7 o'clock, and there were still quite a few seats empty. Like there were sections of the Rose Bowl still empty. And I was like, ooh, this doesn't look good for Beyonce because it's like 7 o'clock. The show is supposed to start at 7.30, and there's like sections of the Rose Bowl that are still kind of empty. It's like, what's up with that? But then I thought, well, maybe because of traffic, people are going to be late. Because Pasadena, California, it's a small suburban city. And, uh, yeah, it's a small suburban city. So some people probably had to do some traveling to get to Pasadena. And I'm sure the Lyft and Ubers were going absolutely insane, you know, and stuff like that. So anyway, needless to say, uh, when 7.30 hit, it, it was great. People were still coming in, you know what I mean? So it was like, whoa, okay, now it's really getting full now, right? So anyway, to make a long story short, um, oh, oh, those two girls opened up the show, Chloe and Holly. They opened it up, 
uh, two young black girls. They're really good. I like them. I guess their sound, the only way I can describe it, is kind of like a neo-soul type sound. And they look like they're in their early 20s. Uh, one played keyboards, the other played guitar. Excellent. I really like their um I really like their music. Like I said, the only way I can describe it is kind of like any old soul thing going on. And I didn't know it. Somebody told me yesterday that they're signed to Beyonce's label. Because I was wondering, like, wow, how were they picked? Well, they're signed to Beyonce's label. So anyway, they opened it up. And the next thing you know, here comes DJ Khaled, you guys. Oh, this guy. You know how I sometimes I talk about him, how he irritates me. He's a nice guy. The only reason why I say he irritates me because he's all over the place. I turn on the Grammys. DJ Khaled. You know what I mean. Okay, I turn on the American Music Award. You know what I'm saying. It's like, God, BET. I mean, damn. You know, homeboy's everywhere. You know, but he seems like a nice guy, which is probably why he's used, you know, for so many different venues and stuff like that. So anyway, so he was there, and he introduced none other than Tyga. And I was like, seriously? I was shocked because I'm not familiar with Tyga and his music. I just know, you know, he was having sex with the Kardashian. That's all I know about him. And he's a rapper, and he's Black China's baby daddy. That's about all I know, you know. So he was singing some song, and everybody seemed to know it but me. You know, even my daughter was hype. I was like, really? Since when do you like him? But okay, whatever, <laughs> you know. Then they bought out YG. I know who YG is, but for a million dollars, I couldn't tell you what song he sings. I don't know, but I know who he is. YG came out. Tank came out, you guys. Yes, the R&B singer Tank <laughs> came out. And uh, Ellie Mae, I believe she's a new singer, if I'm not mistaken, young girl. Because uh, some people at work, I was like, Ellie Mae? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Ellie Mae came out. And I'm I'm pretty sure I'm missing some people. I'm sorry if I did. But, y'all, for me, guess who they bought out? I was like, are you freaking kidding me? They bought out none other than Fat Joe himself. I lost my mother freaking mind. That, that's the beginning of me losing my mind. When Fat Joe, Fat Joe is from the old school rap. You know what I mean? Fat Joe is in his 40s. Uh, If you're not familiar with Fat Joe, Fat Joe is a Puerto Rican rapper from New York, baby. Okay. Did a couple of songs with Remy Ma. Oh, come on. With Lil Wayne, I make it rain. I make it rain. You guys know that song. And lean back. Oh. Anyway, I got real excited when Fat Joe came out. And then after that, an announcement made, um, Beyonce gave, um, a student, a $200,000 scholarship, you guys. So, yeah, so that announcement was made. Then guess what, you guys? After, you know, people got off the stage and everything like that, next thing you know, the stage got dark. And right on the big screen, it said, this is real life. And people started screaming. Then after that, it said, on the run, we lost our minds because we already knew what was getting ready to go down. The next thing you know, there is Jay-Z and Beyonce holding hands, and I lost my mother freaking my I lost it, you guys. 
it was like the freaking Beatles or Elvis or something, okay? <laughs> you know, you see those old, <laughs> you know, have you seen those old concerts of the Beatles and Elvis and you see girls screaming, acting a fool, okay? That was me. Probably 40, 50 years from now, I'm probably going to be in a documentary and you're going to see a picture of me losing my mother freaking mind. So anyway, so they appear on stage holding hands and they sing on the run, you know, and I scream like a lunatic. And, uh, oh, and before they came out, I'm sorry, before they came out, uh, a little brief movie was played uh, with Beyonce and Jay-Z. Nobody said anything. It was different little symbols and stuff like that. And it kind of coincided with the whole concept of being on the run. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so that was kind of cool. And, oh, I should have bought my portable cell phone charger, you guys. Uh, I took snippets, though, of a lot of the songs. But by by towards the end, I think my phone was on 3%. It was done. And I was like, oh, no. But anyway, oh, man. So I got snippets of a lot of the songs that I wanted to get snippets of. Uh, Jay-Z, um, he did 99 Problems, and when he performed 99 Problems up on the big screen, um, it was flashed different mugshots <laughs> of different famous people. They even had a mugshot of David Bowie, Frank Sinatra, Left Eye from TLC, just, and including himself, <laughs> 50 Cent, you know, so that was interesting. So he did that song. Oh, and of course, if you're feeling like a pimp, go and brush your shoulders off. Oh, he did that song. And oh, and the one I lost my mind. On to the next one. Oh, freeze. Somebody bring me back some money, please. Oh, yeah, I lost my mind on that song. Uh, Then he did the song, uh, what, Niggas in Paris. Oh, Big Pimpin'. P-I-M-P. He did that song. And he did some songs off his current album, I believe, Fuckery, my language. But, yeah, um, that is, uh, oh, someone texted me. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, some stuff off his current album. Uh, some good stuff, actually. So, yes. And Beyonce, of course, she was flawless. And her outfits were the bomb. I mean, let me say, the way Beyonce looks in her videos, same way she looks on stage, you guys. It was the same. It was like seeing one of her videos, but even better, you guys. It was like, I'm telling you, I lost my mother freaking mind. Oh, and her uh, costumes were beautiful. Even when you weren't looking at the big screen, even when you looked at her on the stage, even if you are really far away, you can still see her beautiful outfit because the colors, you know what I mean? Just beautiful. And the stage was sung, you know, all her hits. Now, she didn't sing. I know some people didn't like it. I didn't care to me. Some people were like, oh, she didn't sing Halo. You know, and some of those type songs she didn't sing. She kept it um, with, um, she sung Flawless, Hey. <laughs> I woke up like this, okay? And, of course, deja vu. Hey, you ready? Let's go get them. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so crazy. Of course, they did Drunk in Love. I lost my mind off that. 
Oh, God. A diva. Oh, a diva. Oh, God. A diva is another version of a hustler. I mean, I think between the two of them, they ran through over 40 songs, you guys. I'm telling you. Um, Oh, and one song she sung was Resentment. This was interesting. She sat in a chair. She had on this beautiful ruffled, like, gown, you know, and it had a train. And she sung in the chair talking about resentment, talking about her being cheated on. But guess what? Beyonce added some words to the song. Beyonce was like, nigga. And I was like, did Beyonce use the N-word? Mother effort? And then she was like, that white bitch? I was like, wait? And people lost their minds. They're like, that's right. I was like, okay. Yeah, it was a slow song. That's why I was like, wait, okay. But, yeah, but she was saying, you know, in the song, um, you gave that woman half of me, you know, whoever, you know, he cheated on. You gave her half of me, but she will never be half of me. I mean, she was like, she was singing that song with feeling, honey, and everybody felt it. It was like, wow. It was really some songs, you guys. Oh, but the songs I lost my mind on the most, <laughs> Crazy in Love, when da 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 right when I heard that music, yeah, I was gone. Okay, I gave up the ghost, yes, <laughs> right then and there. Then, oh, and also, too, you guys, there were times um, in between songs, I guess, when Beyonce was changing an outfit or something, they would play that movie again. It was kind of like an entire movie, kind of like um, a, like their relationship, you know what I mean? And nobody spoke in the movie or anything like that. And it was beautiful, but it looked like it was filmed like with an 8 millimeter camera, you know what I mean? So it looked kind of real. And it was interesting. It was really interesting. And at one point, it looked like they were dressed like from the 19th, 70s and it was it was interesting I enjoyed those little intermissions and the intermissions didn't last long maybe five minutes at the most but it was really interesting stuff to look at so anyway I lost my freaking mind with crazy in love that I was gone (laughs) oh then all of a sudden Beyonce had this big giant black hat on then I heard I was like oh here we go with formation oh I think that's when I started standing. I don't remember when I started standing on top of the bleachers because there weren't seats. We all sat on, like, bleachers, you know. So, yeah, at one point in time, I stood up on the bleacher and was literally jumping up and down like a fucking idiot. Yeah, I could have fell, broke my back, broke my leg. Crazy, right? But, yeah, when she did Crazy in Love and when she did Formation, I was like, I'm done. But the song that got me, and my daughter had me on tape, hopefully you guys will never see it, the one where I actually went insane on was the last song of the night. I'm like, you got, you know, the latest song, Eat Shit. It came out this summer. I lost my freaking mind. You got, And so did Beyonce. <laughs> I lost. It I was like fast, fast, slow, fast like a lamb, both. I mean, I lost. That's when I literally 
was jumping up and down on my bleacher seat. I could have effing broke my neck, broke my back, because I was so excited. I'm jumping up and down and not watching where I'm landing when I'm jumping up and down like a moron. But I'm sorry. I lost my mind because I knew that was the last song because I seen the playlist from previous concerts they had done, you know, beforehand, and they always ended it with that song. So when that song started playing, I was like, oh, crap, man. This is just about the end of the con- This is the end of the concert. So they closed it out with that song, Eight Shit. Oh, my God. I, you know. And then she was like, hope you guys had fun tonight. Did you have fun? You know, and all that. I didn't get any footage of, of ape shit because my phone was at 3% by then. But my daughter, being a smart person that she is, you know, she bought a portable charger. So at the end, her phone was like at, at 82%. So she was able to catch them on video. So I was very happy about that. And um, after the concert, getting a lift really wasn't that big of a deal. The only problem that me and my daughter had was the fact that a lot of the um, streets, the residential streets were all blocked off. So it was kind of hard for lift to, like, even go down the street because the police blocked. Because they didn't want people going to the concert um, instead of parking at the Rose Bowl, you know, to park, you know, on people's driveways and stuff so that was the only problem we had but it wasn't that big of a deal you know so we had a really really good time and of course I called out Vic you know and it's so funny because my supervisor's a nice guy I sent him a text at like four in the morning you know saying I won't be into work today uh one word Beyonce (laughs) that's all I said that's the reason why I won't be into work today so I was like, blame it on Beyonce, okay? So anyway, I had an excellent time. Uh, the last big concert like that I went to was, God, maybe over 25 years ago when I seen Michael Jackson. Yes, you guys, don't hate me. I seen Michael Jackson. I think it was during his bad tour. Yes, you guys, I seen him not once but twice. A friend, she's a huge Michael Jackson fan. She couldn't get anybody else to go with her to see Michael Jackson. So we've seen him. Did we see him two nights in a row? Oh, no. My uh-huh. my show is getting ready to end. Oh, no. But anyway, you guys, thank you so much for listening. And oh, I'm so sorry YouTube jacked up. I'm going to have to uh, talk about Beyonce again on YouTube. So anyway, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Sorry it took me like three or four weeks to do another show. But I apologize for that. But I've been busy, and like I said, this month is going to be very busy for me. So if I don't do a show, I'm sorry. But you guys have a good weekend. I hope you do. Um, Tomorrow I think I'm going to go eat sushi with my family. And, yeah. So, yeah, I should have a good day tomorrow. So I want you guys to have a good day as well. You guys take care. Thank you so much for listening. Because, like I always say, I have a lot of competition out there. So when you take the time out to call into my show and listen to me, whether it's live or through my archive shows, I greatly appreciate it very much. And as you can see, I love to talk. So I don't plan on stopping doing my show anytime soon. So don't panic when you don't hear from me in a week. We're still here. And I need to post stuff on uh, on um, 
my Twitter to keep you guys aware. I'm so sorry. I keep forgetting that. Okay, well, you guys take care. Have a good weekend, and I will see you guys next time. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 